hire good people and partner quick, strategically structure your partners with good partners that you trust and that trust you. Mm, so good. Welcome to another episode of the Financially Free Investor, where you will learn information and strategies on how to become financially independent by investing in real estate, something that is not taught openly in our society today. Financial freedom matters so you can live a bigger life, retire early, and do what matters most to you. Get ready to hear tried and true methods to becoming financially free with your host, Jordy Clark. All right, everyone, welcome into another episode of the Financially Free Investor Podcast. Uh, today, I have a guest, Matt Amabile, on with me. Um, we actually, I think I saw you on like a GoBundance video and you had DM'd me at like the same time or something. So welcome in. Thanks, man. I uh, I appreciate it. It's good to connect, man. We <laughs> we haven't even talked before uh, before today, but, you know, we're going to rip through this you know you're coming on my pod i'm going on yours and you know love to love to talk this stuff all day bro just a Thanks couple podcasters me. talking podcasting <laughs> dude that's the way to do it man that's right yeah cool well um dude you, you kind of gave me some high level stuff before we started recording but uh tell me about your story you're you're a young dude financially free how'd you get there yeah, man. Um, 25 years old and just traveling the world right now. I'm doing this podcast from Paris. Uh, and it all really started from having a money mindset. When I was younger, I chose not to go to really expensive schools and rack up a ton of debt. I went to schools where I could get basically full scholarships to go there. Um, started studying, came out of school, did really well in school, got out of school, found myself making $55,000 a year, sleeping on my cousin's couch, uh, wasn't making the money I wanted to make, didn't want to pay rent. So I started studying personal finance, found the book Rich Dad, Poor Dad, found out about real estate, dove all in, uh, bought something called the house hack, which I'm sure your listeners know about. And, uh, you know, that was my first real estate purchase. Then I started buying more real estate after that, two units, three units, four units, commercial buildings after that. And, uh, you know, got to the point where I'm at today with around seven grand a month in passive income. I don't spend much when I'm living at home. I spend around 3,500 a month. So it was at the point where I could just quit my job and, and get the hell out, man. That's awesome. So what were you doing? What, um, what spurred the impetus of you quitting a job at 25 and traveling the world? Man, I mean, I it was really that book that was like uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. You know, you create passive income and you can live off of it. You can create that life for yourself. And I just saw that. So right out of college, if I backtrack a little bit, I took a European trip and I for a month and a half, I traveled Europe and I spent around $5,000 for my first month there. So when I got back to the States, I had this $5,000 credit card bill, which I did all this pay off. Like I sold my car, uh, got money back, paid that off. But anyway, I saw that I could travel to Europe with $5,000 a month. So I was like, if I can just create $5,000 a month 
or save up $60,000, that would make a year of traveling in Europe for me. So my premise was like, let me create $5,000 a month. How could I do it? Let me learn about personal finance, found real estate, got in. And, you know, I've, I've worked in sales to answer your question. I've worked in sales since I was 18 years old, uh, maybe even like 16, 15 years old with the different types of jobs I've had. Um, worked uh, logistics sales, jumped like six months later. So I was making 55K, jumped to a different logistics sales job, jumped my income up to 80K. Six months later, jumped to another logistics sales job and jumped my income up to 110K. I had no loyalty towards the companies I was working for, man. Just wanted to make money, make enough so I could save more and invest more, buy more real estate, build more passive income and get it out of the job. Love it. So you looked at, and I like that because a lot of people, you know, they might have the mindset of, well, making 50, 55, 60 grand, whatever it is. And I'm good with that. Right. But you, you had the mentality of, Hey, let me jump ship and maybe go to a different company where I can make double, you know, just knowing personal finance, you, you probably lived on about the same and then just invested that right like i think there's two mentalities out there in personal finance and you know one of them and and it's not bad they're just different right but one of them's like the dave ramsey mentality of you know pay everything off no debt which is fine but your what you focus on expands and if right. that's what you focus on that's what you're going to get versus figuring out a way of how can i increase my income to create right. passive income right and maybe that's the robert kiyosaki version have you played the cash flow game? I haven't. I haven't played the cash flow game, the uh, the rat race game in there. But I think I played it online for like a little bit. It's just I was like, I already know these concepts, man. I'm not gonna play a game. I'm just going and <laughs> I'm gonna get this stuff done in real life. You know? Yeah. yeah. But yeah, man, I, I'm fully, fully on with you there. Like Dave Ramsey's got some good stuff. If you're trying to get out of debt, he's right in a way that you don't want bad debt, but there's good debt and bad debt. You've got debt that creates income for you. And then you've got debt that's going to take income from you. And I always want to focus on creating income and not taking income. So good. Let's jump into your real estate journey. You had mentioned that you started with single family houses and then went all the way up into commercial. Uh, where were you living? What were you buying when you first started? So I started, actually, my first my first property was a house hack. That was a four unit. And uh, that was that was a solid property. It's in New Jersey. Um, all my properties right now are within five minutes of walking distance from this initial property that I bought. Mm. Uh, so that sound what's that? Oh, I, I was going to ask, was that strategic or did it just happen that way? It's just easier that way, man. I can manage all my, cause I was, I was doing all the management when I was in town. It's easy enough to walk to a property, see what's going on. Um, you know, my tenants knew me back then and, you know, now I'm not managing the properties per se, but, um, but, you know, I still, I still live in that house hack and that thing was a huge wealth creator. Like, just for me i it was a four unit property com condemned like complete renovation it took a year and a half to complete this during covid had people like there was people breaking in at one point 
three contractors dropped huge learning lessons throughout this whole thing. But now this property creates me every single month. It brings in around 3,800 and my expenses on it are $2,104. So that property alone nets me like 1,700 and I get to live there for free. You know, mm-hmm. so that, that was like the ultimate take out your biggest expense, which is housing and give you a, a ton more income on the cash flow side, allowed me to one, use that as a showcase to other investors, show them, look at what I did here, come partner with me and we can go do more of this. And then it was also just like, you know, I got more money coming in every month. I can literally, I can do this with three, four five properties. I could be out of my job. Yeah, love it. So how much did you pay for the fourplex? That fourplex was, this is interesting. So it was up for 125. I bid 155 and I did not get it. And then like months later, the bank came back and they, it was a foreclosure. And they said, the buyer backed out. Do you want it for 155? I said, yes. So I went into contract at 155. Then I took them down to 145 later like two months later because closings got delayed because of covid so i got it for 145 and my renovation came in around 110 and the that was a fha 203k loan so everything was coupled in on one loan i didn't i only had to pay three and a half percent of that total renovation and acquisition cost to buy that thing so you're like 255 260 all in Right. And then the three units total rent for 3,800. Three units total 3,800, right. So you could, rent that, you could rent that out, you know, like when you're traveling, say in Paris and, you know, probably make an extra 1,500 bucks for that unit. Right. So I actually am doing just that right now. And over the past, I have it on Airbnb. So even like, when I'm in town staying at my apartment, I will Airbnb it out and I'll go sleep at, my mom lives 20 minutes away. My girlfriend is five minutes away. I'll go sleep at her place. And while, I'm, while I've been here in Paris for a month and a half, it's made me four grand. So like Airbnb is, it's killed. The, the apartment this month will make me around six grand, like mm. just from, renting out on Airbnb and my long-term tenant. So one building is like, that's my literally what saves me, man. It allows me to live for free when I'm living in town and it allows me to live for free when I'm out here. Cause like I also travel hack. So my Airbnb out here in Paris for a month, and this isn't actually the one that I've been staying in. I had some issues getting to Barcelona. I leave tomorrow. Now I had to get a different Airbnb, but for a month, my Airbnb in Paris, center of Paris cost me 1700 bucks. So like I actually made money not living in my own apartment. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. It, uh, it sounds a lot like the, the Tim Ferriss four hour work week, kind of what he did. Right. Right. That's, that's like exactly, uh, (laughs) the model where I'm trying to go with it, you know? Sweet. So, uh, you buy the first fourplex, you get it fixed up. Uh, what, what next? So after that, obviously, well, I mean, the value of that thing is 
great now that thing's it's worth 400 grand and it you know i'm all in on that 260 but after that i used that fourplex the cash flow from that because it was a pretty the rent to price ratio in my town was just ridiculous for anything you could find in new jersey and it was an untapped area so i started going out to other investors and showing them like look at what we could do in this area i found one investor who was willing to come in he had a lot of capital he didn't care about cash flow he had enough cash flow he cared about the tax advantages from real estate and from the appreciation that we would see in property so i would go find properties that had around a 20 to 30 percent discount as it sits and it's already rented out it doesn't need renovations i would find those properties bring them to him. We would split the purchase of it. So I would put 50% of my cash down. He would put 50 or 50% of the cash needed down. He would put the other 50% down. I would manage the property, but I would take all of the cash flow out of that property. So that was like, that was my next step towards building cash flow and being able to do that. Now with this partner, I can get as much cash flow as buying a building myself but I only have to put half as much down. So I could build buy buildings two times quicker. So is he, um, cause there's gotta be a benefit in it for him. And I, I think I know what it is, but is he taking all of the depreciation if you're taking all of the cash flow? So he wasn't even taking all the, all the depreciation. Like we were just running the depreciation through our LLC that had all like that own that asset. So yeah, yeah. he was, he was looking at that as a long-term strategy that that's what he would do it for. Mainly his reason for coming in is I would come to him with a $220,000 valued building right now as it sits and, and we would be buying it for 160,000 and it's mm. already rented. It's cash flowing. It's not going to lose him money. So he would buy in, we would either refinance and he would get his cash out or the end plan was for me to buy him out of that real estate. So what it like, he was just buying in after we bought four properties together. And, uh, eight months later, I ended up buying him out of all that real estate. He made a good multiple on his money. I think all in, he had 45 grand in our deals. And within eight months of that, he got a hundred grand back out of those deals. So, you know, he was looking at it from why would I not buy this undervalued asset right now, even if I'm not going to take cash flow on it for a while. We didn't even have like set operating procedures. It, it's, it really comes down to with partners. One, do they trust the deal? And two, do they trust you to do what's in their best interest? And he did. And he gave me a shot and we made it happen. Yeah, man, that's awesome. And, uh, you know, I think for a lot of people listening you know, they may be thinking, you know, how, how on earth did you hit financial freedom so young, right? Because usually, I mean, there's a lot of stuff we tell ourselves, but you're over here, you know, debunking a lot of these myths. Like you, you can do real estate with less money down. Yeah. You're a great example of that, right? Like there's, there's a lot of different ways you can structure deals if you get along with a partner and make it a win-win. Right completely completely agree with that and two sides there like 
if you find a good partner and you're trustworthy and you can work with your partner, you could structure good deals for yourself. And like some guys just have a ton of cash sitting around and maybe they don't want to go put it somewhere where they could only make 10%. Maybe they want to put it where, you know, they know they'll make 20%, 30% when they sell out in a year or whatever it is. And then on the other side of it, so you got the partner side, but then you have the deal side. Like just find stupid discounts on deals and you can go buy whatever real estate. Like the only real estate I've actually 100% purchased was that fourplex. And then I bought some single families after that. So these single families were like people that I had built relationships with that one sold me a, a property for 53,000 partially seller finance, partially subject to, so a little bit of creative financing there. But that was valued at, like literally at the time I bought it, it valued at 135000 mm -hmm. So I was able to refinance out of that so quick, get him his money back. I bought another one that was valued at one forty, dollars and um, I bought it for 65000 You know, it's just finding stupid good deals. If I wanted to bring people in on those, I could have. Yeah. But I didn't want to. I wanted to buy that for myself because one, it wasn't a lot out of my pocket. And two, I would be able to refinance and get that money out quick mm -hmm. um and then i mean i i just want to hit on this the next deal was like boom for me right so like this is a six unit property my first commercial building and it's a seven hundred thousand dollar purchase uh six six hundred thousand plus a hundred in renovation which was the biggest thing that i had ever gotten into in my life and i was able to bring other investors in on that that gave me 50% ownership of that property. And I didn't, I actually didn't bring a dollar down to buy that. You go from needing a bunch of money to buy your first property to needing half the money to buy your next part, like properties that you were partnering on to literally having that resume of what you've done and being able because of the deal and because of your experience to bring people in and not even put a dollar down to buy these things and own half of that building. Yeah. No, I, I love it. That's, that's kind of the progression of a, a full-time real estate investor, right? Is, you know, you kind of build a track record and then you're able to do more deals with less and less of your own capital if you choose, or like you said, you can keep doing it all yourself. Um, just depends on what your goals are and how you want to scale. So uh, what was next after the six unit? So now, so that six unit was my last deal that i bought and now with those same partners we've got a uh, we've got an accepted offer on a portfolio um a 4.5 million dollar offer accepted on that so we are now going through contracting on that and waiting for that to go through and basically do the same exact thing. I don't know exactly what the structure is going to be on that. I don't even care. I am in the mindset right now of, I want to make this deal go through. I want to make these investors happy. And then I'll like, I'm going to have these discussions once these contracts are finalized and things are going, but as long as I could get everybody in place, uh, things can rot. So they, the reason that they're willing to do that with me is that six unit, was we put it was all in on that 700,000 and that was within 6 months it was valued at 1.3 million so we were able to cash out and take out i mean we're going through a refinance right now 
but we're going to have around 280 grand, 300 grand check coming to us that basically like came from nothing. You know, we just bought a building. I did the work. I managed the deal, managed the tenants, got the tenants placed, stabilized it. And now we've got a, a big check coming our way. So they saw that they put their trust in me. And now I can go do bigger stuff with them. As long as this deal goes through, man, um, it'll be a it'll be a huge one for me. Sounds like you got a lot of cool stuff on the horizon. I assume you've quit your your sales job. Oh yeah. How was that? Yeah. Dude, quitting was uh quitting was so freeing, man. A little bit nerve-wracking. Like I was like, I don't know how this is all gonna play out, but I saw my passive income and I wanted to test it. So I was actually traveling before I even left my job. I I was probably working like one hour a week at this job. Just didn't care. I was making 150K, like putting in minimal work. And I just wasn't going to work until hopefully they fired me. Honestly, I wanted to get fired so I could collect unemployment after that. Didn't end up getting fired. But I went on a month long trip to Oregon, was not really wasn't working at all while I was there came back a week later I was leaving for Puerto Rico for a month and you know my boss got switched to another one of my co-workers that I actually liked and respected and I just had to be honest with him tell him I was like you know I don't do anything dude and like where do we want to take this and he was like it's probably just best if you're out of this job so I left the job Puerto Rico the next week, um, stayed there for a month. And that was really the test of like, all right, does this passive income stuff work? And, you know, since then my, my savings have only increased from what I had at that time. And I, even after paying out my partner around 40 grand out of pocket to buy him out of all the real estate that I had with him. That jumps us, I think to, and and we can fill in gaps if I'm incorrect but now you got a podcast now you're traveling the world on your passive income hell yeah man i got a i got a podcast financial freedom fast podcast all about you know reducing expenses different tips tricks and ways that we can keep our expenses low and build our passive income so i bring guys like you on my podcast to show us how to build that income um and how we can do that for ourselves. You know, there's also travel tips like staying at an Airbnb for a month at a time rather than a week at a time, because you stay at it for a month at a time, you can get 70% discounts on Airbnbs, which a lot of people don't even know because they don't consider doing that, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, man, just uh, working on keeping my expenses where they need to be right now. And then also, planning for the future, getting ready to build up my income uh, even greater with some more acquisitions and and different business plans, businesses that I got going on. That's awesome. That's awesome, man. And what I like most about what you're doing is like you're setting yourself up. Your foundation is freaking awesome because you've got no kids right now. You're not married. Like now is the time that you can take some time to, you know, really figure out what you want this next chapter. You know, I think a lot of times, at least in school, we're brought up that like, hey, you know, you go to 
college, you get good grades, you graduate, you get this fancy degree, and then you're going to do this thing in life. Right. Right. And, and then you're going to retire and you're going to go do whatever. Right. And I, I totally disagree with that because I'm way more driven by lifestyle and like living now, but also like you change, right? So the 25 year old version of me is totally different than what the 35 year old version is going to be, right? Which is different than the 45 year old. And I hope that as I go through my life and that it's constantly evolving and leveling up, right? And I'm, right. I'm becoming and I'm growing into a bigger person and, you know, kind of like, dude, the David Osborne of 20 years ago isn't the David Osborne of today, right? right. So um, just just thinking about your next chapter, right, as you step into, you know, like you, you can take some time now because you don't, you're not worrying about finances because you've got passive income coming in and, you know, right. you, you filter stuff differently once you hit that financial freedom mark. Because all of a sudden, dude, it's just like, I don't know if you felt this, but it's just like a, a, a weight kind of gets lifted off your shoulder and you're like, what do I really <laughs> want to do? You know, like, I guess I, I don't have to go to work next month if I don't choose to. So, well, but I'm young. I still want to do it. Like, what am I going to do? Right. Right, man. It's like, what the hell do I want to do with all of this time? Because I have all of this time to do whatever I want to do. And the problem, there is a problem with that because when you have all this time to do whatever you want to do, you could do nothing and you could sit there and you could relax and stay on a beach. And that doesn't keep you growing. That doesn't keep you moving. So it's been a big influencer for me of tapping into my spiritual self, feeling myself, feeling what I actually want out of life. What relationships do I want? What experiences do I want? What things do I want to do? There's three main pillars. And I saw this diagram when I was like probably 16 years old. There's three things that you have in life. And in each stage of your life, most people only have two of them. So you have time, energy, and money. When you're young, you've got time and energy, but you don't have money. When you are in the middle age, you've got money and energy, but you don't have time. And then when you're old, you have time and money, but you don't have energy. So mm -hmm. I was like, I don't want to do that. I need the money now. And like, if you don't need a ton of money to go do these experiences, like, all right, let's just figure out how to create however much money I need every single month to go do these amazing things. So I can do that now. Like I could be in like in this spiritual area has made me realize like I could die next month. Am I happy with what I'm doing today if I die tomorrow? Mm. And I mean, I'm just trying to live it, live an all out life, bro. You know, like have fun right now, right here. And yes, not having kids, not having um, like even a significant other that's like very locked down. If, if like, if you can just keep yourself free and out here, the most locked down I have right now, I've got a dog. She's back here sleeping on a bed. I bring her to all over the world with me. Um, and that's, you know, that's what is my only responsibility. It's me and my dog. 
if you can keep your responsibilities that low and you can create income, you can literally do whatever you want to do. No, I, I love it. And, you know, just thinking about the, the trifecta, time, energy, money, right? The, the first question I have is like, hey, man, as I go through my life, you know, I'm young, I'm middle-aged, I'm old. How do I keep all three, right? Because like, I, I don't want to be, well, how about I've got a really good friend who I, I also met through GoBundance and we've just become great friends. But dude, he is almost, I should ask him what his age is, but he's like going into his 50s. And the dude can smoke me on a mountain bike. He can smoke me hiking. Like he is physically on top of his game, right? Yeah. And he's just like, he's like, come on, man, keep up. Like, and I'm over here like, holy cow, I thought I was fit, but uh, you know, there's, there's levels to it. And, you know, I kind of look at, at him as an example, because um, he kind of has that trifecta, right? Like ton of passive income, got really good health, got really good energy and he's got all the time he wants to dedicate to what he wants because of his passive income. Right. And I love that you say that, that trifecta, because it just, it reminds me even, you know, having like, this is almost episode 100. And, um, it it just reminds me that that's why financial freedom is important. right? Right. And some people may be listening to this and they're like, oh, well, but I have two kids and I have this and I have that. Well, you, you can choose to focus on that or you can choose to focus on the message, which is increase your passive income because that gives you options. And then, you know, as you maintain your expenses, control your expenses and increase your income and invest the difference, that's the formula, right? That's the formula for time freedom. That's the formula for financial freedom. That's the formula for health freedom because now all of a sudden you're not sub subjugated to go sit in a cubicle for nine, 10 hours a day, you know, hundred hours a week, whatever it is. Right. So man, I love that. That's like the people who are saying that the people who are saying, Oh man, I would love to do that, but I have kids that should make you want to do it even more. Like you've got these kids, you've got these people. That was literally my number one reason for doing this now was so when I'm that age and I have the kids, I can go spend all my time with them. But like now you have all these expenses and your expenses are only going to go up as probably as they get older. So like, let's start focusing on this stuff now and wrangle this in. So one, I can have more time to spend with the children that I have, because I want to have them in my life. I want them to love the life when they are growing up and like, let them live life. And yeah, man, like focus on health. Like if you're saying like, I can't wait till I'm retired when I'm older so I can go travel the world when you're older and you're tired and maybe you're not in good health because you haven't had the time freedom to be able to go to the gym as much as you want to do. Like, you can't do cool stuff. Like yesterday, I climbed to the top of the Eiffel Tower. And like, I, there was old people who were having a tough time getting up there and old people at the bottom who couldn't go all the way to the top. If I waited until I was that age, now granted, I'm very health focused. I am focused right now on keeping my health tip top shape. So when I'm 100 years old, whatever it may be, I'm still doing this stuff. But if you wait till you're that old and you don't travel, and you say you're going to do it then, and you can't do it, you're never going to be able to do it ever again. Like my grandma, 
She's got leg problems, back problems, can't do all this traveling. Like, do it now and find a way to do it now. Love it. Because now is, now is the only time. I, I'm going off on it, man. I apologize. <laughs> no, it, it, it's a good reminder, right? Like, and you, you even said it uh, earlier in the podcast, like, you know, what happens if you, if you pass away unexpectedly, you know, like there was a, so, so I've got three young kids at home and, you know, our expenses are higher, just life. But there, I mean, there was a couple that they they had bought a few rental properties. They lived in our area. And I only know about this because it hit the news and, you know, they had a couple of really flourishing businesses. They're doing all the right things. Right. And super unfortunate circumstance where someone broke into their house to rob them. And, um, you know, they passed away because the guy shot them. Right. And super terrible. Um, now their kids are obviously grown up without parents, but they were saving for that future day. And I, I think it's always this balancing act of realizing like tomorrow's not promised. So, you know, you got to live like today's your last day, but you also have to prepare as if you're never going to die. Right. Right. For the future, because it's, you can swing way too far the other way where people use that as an excuse of, well, you know, tomorrow's never given. And then all of a sudden they're in all this massive credit card debt or whatever, and they're just not making great decisions. Right. So I think it's kind of this balancing act of just trying to make sure you're, you know, traveling when you're young, but also realizing like, Hey, the more I travel, the less I have to invest and it can't all be investing. It can't all be travel, you know, so somewhere everyone's got to find a happy medium for them. You know, and I don't even know. And I I mean, I'm just going to play devil's advocate from like the, my beginning story. Like, so I'm traveling, right. I could be at home at my apartment, but I traveled here and like, I paid 1700 for the month for being here and I got paid four grand for the month of my apartment. So it's actually making me money to, to travel and to do this stuff. And the thing I like about travel is it expands your mind. It creates all these new neural pathways for your brain to like, just get bigger and bigger. Now that is a way to expand yourself, make yourself grow. I focus on my podcast and I don't agree with spending on things that don't actually bring you happiness Mm. buying the material things buying the bags and the belts and the pants that cost you know two grand 2500 when that is a month in paris when that could go to creating something in your life that's actually going to bring you joy so i use something that i call the like a happiness matrix right and it's finding the areas of your life that you actually value and putting your money in those. I value my health. I value traveling and I value experiences. So where do I spend my money? I spend my money on quality food. I spend my money on gym memberships, yoga memberships, all that type of stuff. And then I spend my money, plane tickets and coming out to cool places like this. You know, if buying those belts or whatever that is, like that's something you're really passionate about. And that brings you actual sustaining happiness then maybe that's your thing maybe you're a belt collector and you just love belts but don't buy that stuff because it gives you that shot of happiness and then it does nothing for you after the fact cool well uh as we wrap up 
I've got two questions I ask every guest. Uh, the first is, knowing what you know now, what would you have done differently on your journey? So I would have partnered quicker and I would have hired other people quicker. I would have brought people in to do the work and brought good people in. The reason that my renovation project, my first one, my four unit took a year and a half and delayed me a year and a half. Mind you, I'm only two, two and a half, three years in my journey. I could have done this a lot quicker. Um, that took a year and a half to finish because I hired non-quality, crappy contractors. Hire good people and partner quick, strategically structure your partners with good partners that you trust and that trust you. Mm, so good. What's one piece of advice that you'd give someone who's just starting on their journey to financial freedom? One piece of advice would be to keep your expenses low, man. Find that happiness matrix. Find what you actually enjoy spending money on, and that will let you key in on where your number needs to be. So there's something called the FI number, financial independence number. That's how much money you need every single month or every single year. I like to look at it as, as a monthly basis because it's a smaller number. But this, when you use your happiness matrix, you figure out, okay, I like spending money on going out to eat and I like spending money on restaurants. So then everything else, you have restaurants and you, what did I say? Going out to eat and... I don't know, something else, whatever it is you like doing, plus all the things that you need to pay for your utilities, this, that, that will be your financial independence number. All right. So I need this. I have to spend four grand a month to live. All right. Now go create that four grand. So keep your expenses low, find out what your financial independence number is, and then go create that income for yourself passively. And your life is yours for the taking. Love it. Cool. Well, with that, we're going to wrap it up. What's one more plug for your podcast? The Financial Freedom Fast podcast? Is that that's what it is, right? Financial Freedom Fast podcast. And you can follow me on, on Instagram at, at Matt Amabile, M-A-T-T-A-M-A-B-I-L-E. Awesome. And we'll we'll link to that. So if you guys want to follow him on social media and link to his podcast, uh, you can go check that out and get more motivation for financial freedom. Oh yeah, man. Okay, cool. Well, it's been a pleasure, man. Uh, thanks for coming on and we'll hopefully see you at a GoBundance event soon. Appreciate you, Jordy. See you soon, brother. See ya. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Financially Free Investor. If you found value in this episode or know someone who would find value in this information, please share with them, subscribe, and send us a review.